You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Is anybody old enough to remember that? Oh, goodness! There's enthusiasm. Oh, wow. should say, first of all, welcome to Cafe Church, watching us live on the screen in our Cafe Church congregation downstairs. Good to have you with us. Hopefully you saw that video. You can throw up the slideshow, Martin. Thank you. That was a TV series called Hawaii Five-O. Now, if you grew up in Cork and if you were around in the 1970s particularly, this was the TV program to watch. Now, just to give you a little bit of context, growing up here, um, there was just one TV channel called RTE. There was one TV channel. And so if anything was on the telly, the Telefisheren, sorry, that was the correct name. Uh, um, if anything was on the telly, the following day in school, in work, or with the neighbours, everybody spoke about the same programme. You didn't have 900 TV channels as you had now. And I think it was a Monday night at about 8 o'clock. We all waited with great hope to see Hawaii Five O. Now, my father was never very good with numbers. He was a great businessman, but he must have had a bit of dyslexia because he used to call it Hawaii O Five. <laughs> and we said, no, no, it's Hawaii Five O. And he said, yeah, yeah, Hawaii O Five. Anyway, the reason I wanted to play this little clip is when I was nine and one day in school, the teacher, it was a, a brother, a presentation brother, a lovely man, called Brother Justinian. Um, and I had a very good experience with him. That's like a monk, I suppose you could say. And I remember one day, it was in the middle of winter. It was really cold. It was a very wet day. And at the time, the electricity company was on strike, so we were getting constant power cuts. On top of that, the guys who delivered the oil and the diesel and the petrol were also on strike. Welcome to the 1970s. So you couldn't really drive your car. It was kind of a chaotic time. And I remember Brother Justinian standing up in front of the class and saying, boys, Education was all segregated then. And he said, boys, lads, if you could pick anywhere in the world that you would love right now to simply fly away to, it's like you're a bird, you have wings, and you can fly away to anywhere else in the world, where would it be? Unanimously, all of us jumped up and we said the same place. Guess where that place was? Hawaii. Do you think any of us had ever been there? No. no. We hadn't even been to Dublin, not to mind Hawaii. But you see, according to Hawaii Five O, all the girls were beautiful there, every one of them. The sun always shone there, and everybody had loads of money there. And the bad guys always got caught there, and the good guys always won. Yeah, it was so gritty and realistic. So we all wanted to go to Hawaii when we were given the choice, because that's as far as we could go at that age. Would I want to go there now? I'm not so sure. But it's a nice introduction to 
a psalm in the Bible that talks about this very issue. It talks about the issue of flying away from your problem, getting out of your situation. And what I want to present and submit to you today is that while sometimes God delivers us from our problem, very often he will choose to deliver us in our problem. And it's a very different thing. And I want to try and convince you and bring you on a short journey with me to see how sometimes it's actually better to remain in the situation and to see God's hand deliver you in it rather than from it. And so way back then, um, in the year of whatever year it was, 1971, uh, we no, none of us got to Hawaii at all, but, uh, but all, the, all the strikes ended and the weather got nicer and... Everything changed and we didn't need to go to Hawaii at all. So I want to make that argument to you today. I'm going to be looking at Psalm 55 and I'm calling it the power of surrender. Surrendering to God's will, whatever your situation is. I'm going to open with an anonymous quote, but I really like it. The own, oh, sorry, Stephen Furtrick, the Christian writer, uh, said this. The only way God can show us he is in control is to put us in situations we can't control. Some of us like to be in control. More of us are a bit more easygoing about it. If you did our growth track series here in the church, you'll have found out that most of us fall into one of four main personality types. You had the yellow outgoing people. You had the red kind of um, very strategic type people. You had the green, loving, caring people. And you had the blue, who are the um, detailed, sensitive, perhaps more melancholic type person. Well, if you're a red, which I was um, categorized as, you know you like to be in control. So it's a much harder fight for those of us who like to be able to control our situations to hand it over to the Lord. But you know what? God will break it in you. He's broken it in me to a large extent. I'm sure he's still more work to do. But the more we get this, guys, the more blessed your Christian life will be. The more we are able to say, okay, God, you're fully in control. I can't control the situation. The more we're easy with that, then the more the normal Christian life kicks in. The more we fight against it the more miserable we will become. So I'm going to just read some verses from Psalm 55. It's the Psalm of David. David, a young man at this stage, he was only in his early 20s, and he was running, not from one enemy, but from two enemies. There were the Philistines, the, the evil next-door neighbors, if you will, who were out to get him, but even worse than that, his own king, Saul, who was jealous of his power, jealous of the anointing that was on his life, was also trying to kill him. So this young man was really in a dark and a low place, emotionally, mentally, even physically. So may God bless this portion of scripture to our souls now. Feed us, Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen to my prayer, O oh God. My thoughts trouble me, and right now I'm afraid because of the voice of my enemy. Oh, how I wish I had wings like a dove. 
uh, so I could fly away and be at peace. I seem to have troubles or enemies everywhere. But because I am one of your followers, Lord, I give it all to you, my worries and concerns. And you won't let me drown. You will destroy evildoers, but as for me, I will fully trust in you. Hallelujah. Look at what he says. Listen to my prayer, O God. On this week of weeks, the week that the church community that you find yourself a part of, where we are all focusing on this vital aspect of our spiritual well-being, where we're praying and fasting. Some people, someone asked me earlier, well, why are you fasting? You see, Jesus didn't say, if you fast... Don't be like the hypocrites who do it publicly, but do it privately. He didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. So part of the normal Christian life is fasting. Today is the first Sunday of Lent, and we have people in all kinds of spiritual situations who won't think twice about denying themselves some food or something else that uh, helps them focus on God. How much more should the Christian do this? How much more should we do it? Do you know what? If you deny yourself, it's actually really good for you. It's good for you mentally. It's probably good for you physically. But most importantly, it's good for you spiritually. But David begins this psalm with calling out to God. Some of us here, guys, and I say it with love, we're not praying. Prayer isn't part of our lives at all. And that's why James, in his letter, his epistle, he said, you have not because you ask not. So it's not happening in your life because you're not praying about it. Show God you're serious and pray. If you start fasting and praying, you're really showing God you're serious. It's not that the Lord isn't hearing you, but it's like God wants to see that in your heart and in my heart, that we take this seriously. If I'm praying for something really important, I will fall on my knees as an act and as an outward sign of surrender. I'm not going to be falling asleep in a chair praying. I'm going to be actively praying and showing God, this is serious to me, Lord, and I have faith that you can undertake for me in this. So David, when we read that he's praying, don't think of a... It's not that. It's a passionate prayer with all his heart. And he tells us, my thoughts trouble me, and right now, I'm afraid. If you actually look into the Hebrew that this was written in, that word afraid is probably better translated as terrified. It's a bit the same kind of connotations in that word. If you wake up in the middle of the night from a terrible nightmare and you've got that emotional hangover and your heart is beating, it's that kind of terror that David felt. Now, here's where I'm fascinated by this. Just a couple of years earlier, when he was about 16, David had no fear went into the camp of Israel. All the adult hairy men were there, but they were all afraid of the giant Goliath. Yet David had no fear, and with a little slingstone, he killed the giant Goliath. 
how do we go from a young fella in his mid-teens who had no fear of the giant to now an adult man in his early mid-twenties who is terrified? You see, to me, it shows us how there are seasons in your life and in my life where we really do have faith. We can take on whatever the world has to give us. You can jump out of bed some Monday mornings and go into work and go into school or go out with the kids and you'll just take on the world and there's other times and you barely get out of the bed. So David is going through one of those seasons, but actually what's really worse He can take it when the battle line is clear because Goliath was just a very evident enemy. But when his own king and his own people attack him from the back, that really threw him. It's a bit like sometimes horror of horrors, our greatest enemy can be in our own family. And it really hurts. When a mum or a dad or a husband or a wife or a son or a daughter or a brother or a sister attacks us. It's kind of like all the goalposts move. So David is really struggling with this. And the mighty, brave warrior who killed Goliath now is very weak in this situation. And he's really struggling to know what to do. His thoughts, he tells us. Sometimes we overthink. Sometimes we let our minds race ahead. And David was guilty of this here. His imagination... His thoughts were going to all kinds of destinations, and he was starting to panic. And what was it? Because of the voice of my enemy. Now, it's very interesting. If you read the context of this, David was not with his enemy physically, but he was with him in here. The voice of Saul, the mighty king of Israel, who was jealous of him, was in here. The voice of the Philistine, the next door neighbor nation that was really quite an evil nation was in here. And who was prompting that voice? The evil one. Satan, our enemy, the enemy, will bring these voices in our heads. So technically speaking, David could have gone to Hawaii, but the voice is still there. Some people keep moving physically. They keep on moving again and again. And they think that if they go to a new city, move to a new house or a new city or a new job, all the problems will be gone. But you know what? You bring your problems with you. You bring them with you very often. Not always, but very often. So sometimes, and this is what I want to try and convince you of today, sometimes you've got to stand your ground. And you've got to just stay there and allow God change you, change me, rather than what's going on around us. But David had the voice with him, and that's why he gives out this cry. And which human being here can't identify with his prayer? How many of us at some stage in our lives haven't prayed something like this? How I wish I had wings like a dove so I could fly away and be at peace. So I could fly away and be at peace. Everyone here has had that kind of a prayer. Or if you haven't prayed, you've had that thought. This is a universal human longing. And there's something in our makeup that longs to escape. Now, David 
also wrote another psalm at another time. And there was a beautiful song written many years ago called Hiding Place. And it comes from the psalms where David said, You're my hiding place. You deliver me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. And so David knew what it was to be picked up from a situation and delivered from it and rescued from it. This is part of what God does. I'll always remember a number of years ago speaking to uh, two people and both of them were absolutely addicted to cigarette, to tobacco. And when we were laying hands on them, one of them her own testimony, she was really cork. She said, I didn't just smoke fags. Fags is cigarettes, just in case you know. It's not the other thing. It's cigarettes. She said, I didn't just smoke fags. I ate them. But we prayed with her, and the longing went. It was gone immediately. And another very decent Christian who was battling with it, we prayed and nothing happened. Now, why was one delivered and one wasn't? Last Tuesday night, I was talking to two women who come to our night congregation here. And we had had a, a time of prayer for healing a few weeks earlier. And they were telling me, one of them said her knees were totally healed. She couldn't really walk or run. And she was a relatively young woman. And she said, after the prayer for healing, I ran up the hill where I live. She lives up there. But her friend who was with her came forward for healing and she wasn't healed at all. And they were saying, why? And honestly, my answer is, I don't know. I don't know why God heals sometimes and why he doesn't. I do know it's right to ask for healing. I do know it's right to pray. But sometimes in his infinite wisdom, God chooses to remove us from a situation. And other times he chooses to allow us to remain in the situation. I can remember when Denise and I became Christians, and about a year after that, we decided to get married, and we were really eager to be married. Number one, we loved each other. Um, number two, we were Christians, so we weren't going to live a certain lifestyle and have a long engagement and just do what we want. We wanted to have a clear conscience before God on, in that area, but also... Both of us were living in homes. While they were good homes, Denise's mother and my father were very antagonistic against us becoming Christians. So there was no real peace at home. It's like any time either of us settled down at home, my dad or her mother would kind of attack and start complaining about us being part of one of those strange churches and what are you doing reading the Bible when you think of it? Like you'd be praying that your children would have a faith, wouldn't you? But anyway, back then it was like that. This is 1980. It was very difficult to be a born-again Christian then. It's so much easier now. But we wanted to get out of that situation as well and build our own home. And I'll always remember this prophet came to visit the church we got saved in. And I remember the prophet prophesied, wait, wait a year. And this kind of confirmed what we knew in our own hearts and what one or two Christian friends were saying to us. So we had to remain both of us in our home situations with quite a difficult emotional and mental um, hassle in each home. And we thought by getting married, not only would we be doing the right thing, but we'd be delivered from that situation. But God in his wisdom chose to allow us to remain in our situations for another year. Looking back now with the advantage of hindsight, I think we can both say, 
that's the time we really grew spiritually. We learned how to take it on the chin. For me personally, I learned how to keep my mouth shut so that when my dad was coming out with all kinds of things, I just had to, there came a time, I just had to say nothing, which I'm a talker and that's difficult for me. Um, but I had to learn that. So the Lord had us remain in this situation. I can remember another situation in a company I worked for years ago. And I remember there were four of us working in this section. And three of us really got on together. But there was one guy who was very, very difficult. He was so cranky. He was a very unhappy person. And he projected that on the rest of us anyway. It was so hard going into work with this character there. And I remember praying, oh God, would you deliver us from this guy? Within a week, he left the company. He got another job and he handed in his notice. Hallelujah. God heard my prayer. And I can remember one of the other guys, not a Christian, he said, the whole atmosphere here has changed with your man gone. It's so different. So God delivered me in one situation, but he left me stay in another situation. Can I suggest and try and convince you? He'll do that in your life too. Sometimes he'll deliver and sometimes he'll have you stay in your situation. So David is praying, oh God, deliver me. I want to fly away out of this situation. But then he qualifies it. But... But because I am one of your followers, Lord, I give you all my worries and concerns. But I'd love you to deliver me from this. You're in, you're in a work situation that's doing your head in. Or you've got an illness and it's really getting you down. Or it's a relationship or it's in college or school, whatever. And you're saying, God, deliver me. You also have to do what David did. But, because I'm one of your followers, Lord, I will give you my worries and my concerns. One of our prayer stations at Night Church next Tuesday night, we're going to have the big white cross, and we're going to have all of these stones, and we're calling it the Burden Prayer Station, where you lift up one of the stones, feel the weight of it in your hand, lift it up before God. This is just yourself. It's an interactive, multi-active thing. And you say, here's my burden, Lord. And you lay it at the foot of the cross, one of the prayer stations we're going to have. That's what we need to do. That's what David is doing. I'd really love to get out of this, God, but I'm going to give you my worries and my concerns. Cast your cares upon the Lord, Peter says, because he cares for you. Amen? Amen. So David knew this, and he put this caveat uh, uh, as it were, into his situation. And look what he says, and you won't let me drown. He knew God wasn't going to let him die here. He knew God would deliver him somehow. He just didn't know how. So by faith, while the problem was still all around him, David prayed. He poured out his heart as to his deepest longing. Oh, let me get me out of here, Lord. But he equally said, I know you know the big picture, so I just hand it over to you. And I know you're not going to let me drown. You're not going to let me die. You're not going to let me go under here, Lord. You will provide. You will deliver me. You will see me through all of this. Hallelujah. Would anyone say amen? amen. God will see you through your situation. I would say we could divide ourselves into three groups here this morning. A third of us, 
We have nothing going on right now that's negative. Life is so sweet. Praise God. Another third of us, and we do have a situation, and God will probably deliver you out of the situation. But I'd say there's another third of us, and God is saying, I will deliver you, but not that way. I'll deliver you in your situation. In your situation. But I won't let you drown. I won't let you drown. Look what Jesus said in John 13, 7. Jesus replied, you don't understand what I am doing now, but one day you will. When I was dealing with my dad and he was so angry that I was reading my Bible and all of this, I remember reading that verse years ago. I said, I don't know why I'm having to put up with this, but one day I will. I thought that would be when I was in heaven. Actually, I got it a couple of years later. So looking back, if I hadn't gone through that hassle, I don't think God could have shaped me if I'd come against him. Some people call those in their 20s today the snowflake generation. In other words, any kind of trouble or hassle, they'll run away. They won't take it. I don't know how fair or true that is, but I do know for anyone who's a Christian, sometimes we have to go through the hard time. Go through it. Don't be a sissy. Don't be a jelly baby. We've got to stand our ground and say, I've got to go through this cancer treatment. I've got to go through this season of unemployment. I've got to go through this marriage breakup, whatever's going on. And we'd love to be delivered from it, but sometimes God says, hang on a while. Let me teach you something here. This is an anonymous saying, but I love it. Sometimes God calms the storm, but sometimes he lets the storm rage and he calms his child. Some of us are in that situation this morning. And if we're not, a time will come in our lives when we will be in that situation. The power is in the surrendering. The power, honestly, is that you or I have enough faith to see and to trust God will see me through this, even if he doesn't deliver me from it. And so I... I encourage you and I challenge you, whether it's living today for you or whether it's just an attitude of your or my heart for the future, that we can say, Lord, if I've got to stay in the storm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. And I know you won't let me drown. And I know I'll get through this, even if it's not the way I think it should. Let me come towards a close and say this. If we look at the history of mankind from a biblical point of view, we know there was a time that was known as Eden. Uh, actually, one of the little girls I saw running out to one of the kids' zones earlier, her name is Eden. What a beautiful name. But Eden, E-D-E-N, my Cork accent is kicking through. E-D-E-N, Eden, was a time before the fall of man, before Satan's lie caused humankind to rebel against God. And while Eden existed, there, were no, there was no death, no sickness, no heartache. There was no hassle, no problems. But after man rebelled against God, then death entered the world. And we're told today in Romans, the wages of sin is death. 
So you and I are living in a broken world. Yet we are told that when heaven comes, when you and I go to heaven, in that place there will be no more pain, no more tears, no more death. So before we messed it up, we had no hassle. And when we go to be with the Lord, there will be no hassle. But there is hassle in this life. Yet, I would suggest, and I'm trying to convince you, that in your soul, there's a distant echo in your DNA of a time when there was no problems. And you and I carry that distant echo in our makeup, as all mankind does, of a time when there is no crying, there is no death, there is no pain. And so we live, if you will, with that distant DNA echo in our beings. And honestly, the only way we'll see this life, this existence, fully come into what it was meant to be is with God's help. Because in Eden they were with God, and when we go to heaven we're with God. The problem is this in-between bit, we forget about God, even as Christians, and he gets distant. So today and this week ahead is all about you and I getting closer to God and recognizing that distant echo in our DNA and bringing God into it and saying, Lord, deliver me from it or deliver me in it. But I know all this hassle, this sickness, this pain, I know if I invite you in, I'll get through this. Hallelujah. And so, brothers and sisters, can we kill the lights, guys? David wanted to escape on the wings of a dove. Can I invite you this morning to give up that dream and instead invite the dove into your situation? The Bible tells us that God the Holy Spirit is like a dove. One of the few birds that doesn't have a gallbladder, no bile, no bitterness. So instead of flying away, how about we invite God's Holy Spirit to come into our situation, deliver us from it, but even more so, deliver us in our problems. So I challenge you, I encourage you, if you feel you can pray that prayer deliver me in this Lord or deliver me from it I will accept your perfect will I'm going to do, ask you to be brave if you can pray that prayer for your life I'm going to ask you to stand silently stay seated if you can't surrender but if you're willing to surrender with that prayer for your future going to ask that you would stand. I'm going to call the worship band up because we're going to worship God and we're going to pray. Calm your child in the storm. Hallelujah.
some of us need to surrender trying to control the situation. And perhaps some of us here today simply need to surrender to God because we've never done that before. If you sense panic at work or with your health or with your family, I know someone who'll calm you down. Hallelujah. Let's calm out the music, guys. We're going to sing. We're just going to leave the, the video of the dove keep playing, but we're going to start singing that song, Spirit Break Out, Break My Walls Down. Let's sing it, and I want you to reflect on your life as we sing this. The guys are just going to sing it in the background. Could I ask you to close your eyes and just start praying where you stand as the guys sing this. Reflect on what we've been thinking about. Spirit Break Out Break our walls down Spirit break out Heaven come down Spirit break out Break our walls down Spirit break out Heaven come down It's quite private here. If you've never surrendered to God ever, if this is new to you, in a very safe place, as everyone closes their eyes on stage and off stage, if you wanted to surrender to God this morning, in total privacy, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand and then take it down again. Tell the Lord you're willing to surrender, okay? Okay. 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 I think I see four hands. I'm just going to ask us all to pray together. Many have prayed this prayer before, but let's pray it in solidarity with these four people who've put up their hands. And I want you guys, particularly you four, to also repeat the prayer. But let's say it together. Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me my sin. Come into my life. Change me, cause me to be born again. I will follow you. I wave the white flag. I surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. We give a round of applause to those four people. That's courage, hallelujah. I've, uh, since we were praying here this morning, we pray before we start. I've had this um, word in my ear, I believe it's from the Holy Spirit, Japanese knotweed. It's a terrible weed, and if it gets into a garden or a field, the county council will uh, barricade that area, and it takes an awful lot to unroot it. It's not like an ordinary weed. I felt the Lord was saying, some of us here have come in this morning and it's like we've got an issue or a problem like that. It's like we think it's so deep-rooted, 
so pervasive will we ever be delivered from it and i want to say here this morning the holy spirit has heard and seen those thoughts in your mind and the lord is saying i will deliver you you will overcome have faith and believe that the lord your god is going to rescue you in the situation or from the situation but god is going to do it hallelujah so i'm going to ask for those of us who are willing to lift up our hands and say lord if you deliver me from the situation praise your name but maybe you need to deliver me in this situation i surrender to that if that's you would you lift up your hand you're willing to surrender to whatever way god will deliver you hallelujah father as we lift our hands up in this place we are showing you that we will submit and give over our cares to you and so we ask you now lord jesus that you would deliver us from or deliver us in we surrender to the perfect will of god in our lives who'll say amen and some of us here know we're in a troubled or difficult situation now and i believe the lord is saying to you he wants to calm you in the storm you know you need god's holy spirit to calm you if that's you can you lift up your hand you know it's you the shalom peace of God is the deepest calm you can have. Gonna ask the guys to sing that song again, and I'm gonna invite you to come and join me at the top. For the last few minutes, let's allow the Holy Spirit to minister. Please leave your seat and come forward as we sing this song. Spirit break out. Break our walls down. Spirit break out Heaven come down Spirit break out Break our walls down Spirit break Heaven come down. Can we lift up our hands, guys? Michael and Denise, maybe you could just lay hands on each of these guys here, just so that there's a personal ministry. By the power of the Holy Spirit of heaven, we pray a deep peace, a deep calm would come into your storm. Come holy spirit i'm gonna ask you to repeat that prayer after me guys those three words which is come holy spirit if you're praying this i want you to pray it now audibly at the count of three let's pray together one two three come holy spirit you're praying it into the storm that the lord would calm you down let's pray it again one two three come holy spirit Calm your child. Give them a deep sense of confidence, of purpose. Take their eyes off the storm and lift their eyes up to Jesus, even your Savior. With the wind and the waves raging, we pray the shalom 
deep peace of our Savior would flood you, would surround you, and would rescue you. We pray that in the storm, you would change. You would have more faith and that you would see beyond the storm. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, on the 20th of February in the year of our Lord, 2018, at 53 McCorton Street, Cork, Spirit of God, come into every life that is praying here now and let there be a deep calm that passes all understanding. May God deliver you in your situation. Our hands lifted up are our sign of agreeing with that prayer. So come now, Jesus, and leave your peace upon each one. In Jesus' name and all who prayed the prayer said, Amen. Praise God. Let's go back to our seats. One final prayer I want to pray, guys. And that's for all of us this coming week. How many people here honestly can say, I have a friend, or I have a family member, or I have someone that I have a heart for, a workmate, a neighbor, who doesn't know Jesus Christ at all? How many people can say that's an honest reflection of your life? You don't know... They, there's someone you know who doesn't know the Lord. It's almost everybody here. Remember this week of prayer and fasting is for that person or those people to have what you have now. I met an old man during the week talking about bringing Billy Graham's grandson to Cork, doing a huge event here um, to really see Cork impacted next year. But I loved what this old man said. He said, you have to fight for the gospel. You have to fight for the good news. If you're chilled out, it doesn't happen. Do you know how you fight? By fasting and praying. So this week, you and I have the opportunity to fight in the heavenly places and to see the people you care about, one for Jesus. So as we close this morning, the guys are going to play us out in just a moment. And we're going to serve tea and coffee upstairs in the atrium. But just before we close, one last time, I'm going to invite you to put in the palm of your hand that person, that family, those people you would love to see come to know Jesus. And we're going to close with that as our prayer today. Let's lift our hands up if we're praying for someone. Spirit, break out. Break the walls of this person or this family down. We declare we will do battle this coming week. We will fight demons and lies in the culture. We will fight laziness and indifference. We will fight the spirit of materialism or dead religion, whatever it is, oh God. For the people we love and care about, we pray for them this week and we begin a week of prayer now by lifting our hands and in the palm of our hands, we're lifting up that face. That man, that woman, that boy, that girl, that family, those guys, those girls, you know who they are. Jesus Christ, before this year is over, we pray by faith that they would be born again 
in Jesus name and all who prayed the prayer said with a bit more enthusiasm and faith they said hallelujah praise God God bless you thank you so much for coming the guys are going to play us out as we close our gathering to take coffee upstairs if you have the time God bless you our Father